0: Welcome to the Adult Children Voices Across America Speakers Meeting Podcast. You may attend this meeting live on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific Time using the Zoom ID 848-520-80640, password 061120. For more information about adult children of alcoholics and dysfunctional families, visit adultchildren.org. The following speaker share from Mark C. was recorded on December 14th, 2023. Hi, everybody. Mark ACA. Um, Most of you I see, I've been letting people in. So I've been like seeing who's coming in. So most of you I I know. Um, I am a member of ACA since November 1st. I've been a member of ACA for five years. Um I am a member of Alcoholics Anonymous and I've been a member of Alcoholics Anonymous for 11 years. So um I am an I am an addict and an adult child. So um I really scored. <laughs> but Um, It is what it is. And thank you, Gretchen, for having me share. I think I have shared here before. It was earlier on in my ACA sobriety. Um, I am also a child of a codependent. Um, And you'll see as my story goes on that at the time I didn't think it was important. But as time went on, we, we all know that it is um I was brought to ACA through a breakup and through the breakup the breakup was a breakup where I actually liked the other person and not liked but loved the other person which means that I actually picked the other person they didn't pick me which was a lot of my relationships in the past Um i share in AA all the time. I often get cross-eyed looks in AA and I know when to bring it back in AA because they don't understand the things that we understand that are in this room right now. And ACA is the first place that I came to that everything that encompasses my story is, this is the place where I feel comfortable telling it all. So, um, I also want to share too, because I always, I know this is a longer share. And I also know when I first got to ACA and AA, I paid attention for about five minutes and then I started to drift away. So as I look back on my childhood, there is pain. And I went through the steps in ACA in order to help myself get through that pain. When I fast forward, or when I am in And when i'm five years into my future or 10 years into my future when i look back on this time i am not going to have that pain that i had because of the work that i have done in aca that to me is beautiful um and i say that because i want new people to know that it just changes everything um let's see um i'll start at the beginning Um, I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, I grew up with an alcoholic father and a codependent mother. I, um, remember my first memory is a chair flying past my head and it hit my brother in the teeth and knocked his front teeth out, um, because my dad and his brothers, when they would they would get drunk that's what they would do they would throw things and so that was my first that was my first memory um as a child i'm just jumping right in aren't i (laughs) just getting right to it um i wrote some things out and i realized that it'd been a while since i had shared this stuff so it was like i i um I don't know what's gonna happen you know so bear with me um my father would often not come home on friday night and sometimes he would sometimes he wouldn't and when my father would come home i will always remember that i didn't have to know what time it was i would hear his cowboy boots coming up the stairs and it was always about the same time. Cause back then the bars closed at one and then, you know, he was, you know, whatever. So it was about one 15, one 30, but I just knew to get up to wake up and I would lay in bed and hope that he wouldn't come into my bedroom, you know, and sometimes he wouldn't. And I knew that when he didn't, he was then going to fight with my mother. So, When he didn't go directly to fight with my mother, he would come into my room and he would sit on the end of my bed. And sometimes he would sit there and not say a word. And I would smell the liquor and I would smell the cigarette. So I knew he was there and I would just hope that he wouldn't say anything to me, because even if he did, I would act like I wouldn't hear him anyway. So. He would stay there for a bit he would tell us how much he loved us and you know because my brother and i shared a room and he would he would say that my mother was horrible and 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 just he's going to take us away from her and stuff you should always tell an eight-year-old child right and i wouldn't say anything my brother my brothers were just oblivious to it all and he would leave the room after a bit because i would just ignore him and i i'm uh uh, i'm my father's oldest i my father's no longer with us but i'm my father's oldest so then my father would go and of course get into a fight with my mother and you would hear my mother yelling and screaming and so that's when i knew it was time to wake up so i would have to get up and then um get in the middle of them and in getting in the middle of my parents while they were fighting with my dad who was drunk would then mean that I was every single name in the book I was pushed I was I would try to grab the phone and call the cops and he would smack me you know smack me in the head he didn't not that once more than once is any you should never hit a child with a phone but I remember when I first got to ACA I was like I thought my dad hit me all the time with the phone I thought he was just always hitting me and he didn't it wasn't the physical with my father that was the most damaging for me it was the words and the the things that he would say to me like i couldn't believe even as a child that these these were the things that were being said to me so you know he would call me a faggot he would he would he would just you know, you're too skinny of a girl's body, just stuff, right? Like that we, we, we go through and um, it didn't stop me though. Because before my father would come home, my mother and I, because he didn't come home, she didn't drive. So we would have to go and get food and we'd go and have to run errands. And so I was always with my mom. And so with being with my mom, I always felt that I was going to be protected by her. And in the midst of all of this, um, she would say she's going to get a divorce from my father. And she would go up to the lawyer and she would put the the retaining money down. And, you know, uh, two days later after they made up, um, she would pull the retainer or she would lose the money. She did this numerous times in my childhood. And um, they would be in love again. Well, they were in love. But then my father would look at me and he would say you thought you were getting rid of me and i did i thought i was getting rid of this man i wanted to get rid of this man i was like finally they're getting a divorce you know and um he would look at me and say this and i would be like yeah i hate you you know like i hate you um and and so then it caused this battle back and forth and you know throughout the years also we would end up in um my mother would scream pack a bag and we knew when she got to this certain decibel in their fights that it was time to pack a bag and for us to get out we would end at neighbors house. we'd end up at neighbors houses neighbors that we never spoke to we would end up at their house staying the night and my mother would be discussing these things with them and um you know, I was like I've never even been over to this neighbor's house before and we would end up at women's shelters a lot uh for three or four days and um you know that was fun and so my parents up to my up till my dad died they're still together so they're always together so um you know the biggest things I remember is, My brothers don't remember any of these things, by the way, because they were always still in bed or they were behind the couch. And I'll just break down my family. My family. I have an older brother who's my half brother. I have a brother who's 11 months, so he's an Irish twin. And then I have a younger brother who's 12 years younger. So he's like another only child. And he has a different relationship with my parents growing up. So it was just always it, it was different for him. But. I was my father's oldest, so I was always there, you know and and I, I will say that I know that my father you, you, I won't go there yet, but we fought. I hated him. I would be in a car with my father and if I always hated going anywhere with him. So it was it was always a last resort if I had to go anywhere with him. But if I was in a car with my father, I would literally not speak to him. The whole time we were in the car and when he would say something to me, all I could do that, that feeling of anger, I would just give him one word answers. Yes, no. And that's it. You know, I know he felt it too, but come to find out my dad was just always used to that behavior because that's how he grew up. Right. So, you know, um, you can see this is going well. Um, my dad is an alcoholic. I get to my tea. I'm 12. I go to a wedding. I find liquor. It is delicious. It makes me feel really good. I am going around getting everybody drunk. It was my first experience with, like, you know, not having to feel anything or just, just, just feel numb, you know? And I remember my mother walking up the stairs. It was my her sister's wedding, and I remember my mom walking up the stairs. And she looks at me, and she looks at me with a look of not surprise or disgust, but a look of "Oh, we've got another one," you know, like because she what there there was no surprise on both sides. They're alcoholics and codependents. So, what happened once I found liquor, my friends changed. I went from having those friends who were good kids. So to speak, um, to having those friends who I could get escape my house, could drive, could get us liquor, could get us drugs, could get us things to escape. And I remember it was my my friends at this point in time were rat, ace. His dad won, you know, won a lot of money in a card game, so he named his first son ace. Um, And then Travis and Travis was the kleptomaniac and Rat was the one with the yellow Camaro. And I remember Travis was dating um, one of our neighborhood granddaughters and the grandmother owned the liquor store. And I remember us all being in the liquor store. And I remember her looking over at me and saying, why are you hanging out with these guys? You don't belong with these guys. And I remember getting upset with her. I was like, what do you mean I don't belong with them? I'm, I'm a, you know, I, this is where I belong. And and years later, I never forgot that she said that to me because it, it was, it was true. I didn't like those guys at all. I only hung out with them because they had things that I could take advantage of, you know? Cause I wanted to escape my home so bad. I hated everything about it. Um, As I got older, I realized, you know, I had less and less to do with my mom. I had less to less and less to do with my, with my dad. I ended up leaving at 16 and moving out and living with my friend Ace and his mom, and we were able to do whatever we want, you know? So that was kind of a gist of, of leaving my house and the, you know, the way that it was. And, you know, I moved to Spain from Omaha to Spain because I needed to get so far away. (laughs) So I was in a relationship and it was, um, I decided to go to school and I um, got some money for it. And I was like, well, I'm going to move to Spain. (laughs) And So I remember that's how I left my relationship is to move to Spain instead of just saying, I want to break up, you know, like I had to do that. And so, but in that relationship, It was one of my first longer relationships. What I realized later on um, in ACA is that in those relationships, in that particular relationship, I remember when I was younger, I said I was never going to be like my father. I was never going to do any anything, any anything that he did, I was never going to do it. I became the perpetrator in my relationships. I would not come home. I would come home late. I would cheat. I would verbally abuse people in my life and in my relationships. I would sometimes use force, you know? And so in that relationship I did, it, And and the easiest thing to do was for me to just run away you know and to to make a geographic and and um it was a great geographic though because you know when i look back at the time that i spent there it was it was wonderful and and um if you're going to escape to anywhere escape to barcelona it's it's just the place to go and and abiza and just you know if you need help finding more information i'll give it to you uh but it, it i went there and had relationships there and um didn't speak the language very well but picked picked it up and then came back and moved to chicago and in chicago i'll talk about a relationship too because this gets me into me finding aca and not this particular one but this was kind of the last relationship of my drinking career. And this was also the same one. But there was something else that I did in relationships. And I never wanted to admit this before. But this was something that, you know, I briefly stated, and it was I back in before I found ACA would let people choose me, I wouldn't necessarily choose them, or I would choose somebody based on a physical and didn't get to know them. And then when I got to know them, I realized I liked nothing about them, you know? So uh, this this relationship that I got into in Chicago was that we met at a gym and we like moved in together like two weeks later. Um, Great move. And so I realized the longer that I was in that relationship, I just didn't want to be in that relationship. But instead of getting out of the relationship and telling the person that it's time to move on, I decided that I was going to lose my job. I was going to do everything I could to make this person not like me so that they would leave me, so that I wouldn't be the person that was the bad guy in the relationship. And um honestly, <laughs> I would never be that person today. I would smile at you and I would say, We're breaking up. <laughs> you know, I I just I'm just not the same person. So you know, that's the cool thing. And 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 even then, I did not want to be that person who would stay in a relationship with somebody. I didn't want to be in a relationship, but I just didn't know any better. I mean, and it wasn't until I got to ACA that I realized that I didn't know any better because there's tools and steps that I did in order to find it out. Well, hundreds of other relationships, hundreds of other um clubs and bars that I went to and got kicked out and like you know I I I was in a creative field so I got the opportunity to um destroy relationships all over the world you know so I got to like you know I would I I just would be in places for like a month for work and then I would leave and um you know, so, but it was also great for an ACA person because you get to just be in the relationship for three or four weeks and then you get to say goodbye. You know, it's easier than just actually having to make the commitment with somebody. So I settled in LA 17 years ago and, um, you know, I got sober 11 years ago and I, um, I work the steps in in Alcoholics Anonymous and, um, it really gave me some clarity, um, because it wasn't for at least six more years that I found ACA and I was, I dated somebody and it was, it was good. We lasted three and a half years and, um, but we would still fight. And ultimately it, it wasn't, I honestly can say that it wasn't my doing or pushing away or breaking furniture or verbally abusing him. It was really just, we weren't in the same place to be in a relationship. But I got into this relationship after that. Um, And it was the first time in my life that I actually really, really opened myself up and was able to like love somebody, like love. But how I had learned to love and how I had learned to love was is um, just because you love somebody doesn't necessarily mean they're going to love you the same way. So what I did was is I let this person open up the relationship, which I would never normally do open up the relationship to sleep with other people. I let this person like I was always the one that was spending all the money I would buy everything because I didn't want to lose this person. You know, I thought this person was this was love. You know, you take care of your person. I would bring this person coffee every morning. And um, that I would still do, you know, because that's that's just something I want done for me. But I would also then as the relationship went on, I would hear this person say, And he would say things like, I feel invisible around you. I am, I want to travel, you know, I want to, um, I want to live. And I was like, wait, why are you, you know, just little hints of this person not being a present in the relationship as well. And even then still, I was like, no, you can't go. You can't go. You got to stay. It wasn't until... I heard it a few more times uh, the, about I feel invisible around you. And, and I realized that that person had some issues that I realized that I had to let him go. And I remember when we FaceTimed and I remember when I said that I have to let you go. It was just. i had never done that before. i had never let I had never like let somebody go. I had never like admitted that the relationship needed to end, it always needed to end in some sort of catastrophe, it always needed to, you know, they they always had to destroy my life. Um, and so I said, I have to let you go. And um, it was very painful. And not just right, then was it painful. but for the first time in my life i really actually had loved somebody you know and i remember and i know you hear about it but this was this really happened i literally remember coming home and kneeling over on the floor in a stomach pain and um i would i was in physical pain and so i would watch oprah i would read my self-help books i would bring up youtube you know i gotta get through all of the grief you know the check one you know you're you're in you're in you're in grief one grief two once you get to them then you're you graduate and you're done and so i tried so hard to um fast forward or just figure out a way to to get through the grief And I remember I was listening to this guy who was, there's, he's a pastor and his father who was a, you know, there were, it was this, this new age pastor and his father had died and he was discussing his grief. And, um, he, he, he was, he was saying the same thing, how he was trying to fast forward the grief steps in order to get to the other side and all the books that I had read too, it was, um, it was the same thing. Brene Brown kind of like slows us down a little bit. And, um, but it was like, he said there was only one thing that was going to, to change what he was going through. And it was time and it sounds so simple. I, I was like, duh, but it was such a comfort for me to hear this because I realized I didn't have to fast forward through this. How did I find ACA? I don't know. I, I I was already in AA, so I'm sure that I had gotten, somebody had mentioned it or something. And listen, AA is a very spiritual program. ACA is a very spiritual program. I believe in the magic I've seen the magic I have felt the magic so when I describe how I found ACA a part of it has to be that magic and I was just pushed to buying the yellow book on Amazon and I bought the red book and um thank you and so I started reading the yellow book and 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 of course I was I related to everything that the yellow book had said, you know, said I I couldn't um, read too much of it because it was a lot. It was a lot to digest, you know, but I was like, wow, this is like this is like spot on. You know, this is this is I this is spot on. And I try to read some of the red book you know, and in the midst of this time, I was talking to my father at the beginning before I actually started going to meetings and, and, um, him and I were, were, was talk, we were talking and he, um, starts yelling at me and telling me that I was, my brother and I were crazy because I was telling him how my younger brother needs some help he needs. And he still does, but, and he starts telling me that my brother and I were, and that, you know, he, um, I needed to get help. And 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 I just remember saying to him, I remember saying, Dad, listen, I can't talk to you until you speak to me in a way that is that is just respectable because I just can't speak to you. I, 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 I hung up on him. I didn't speak to my father for nine months. And in the midst of all of this, I found um, I, I went to I went to a few meetings. Um, in uh, in Los Angeles, I know we're all across the country, which I think is so beautiful, um, but I went to like Glendale, I went to the West Side, I went to different times and different meetings, and um, I related wholeheartedly. I went to Culver City at first is where I went to, and Culver City, um, these meetings were, um, you know, sometimes there was four people in the meeting, sometimes there were seven Um you know sometimes in aca we only have two people you know there's meetings that i go to in la that there there are just a small amount but it 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 doesn't matter it didn't matter what i heard is this woman share about what it was like when she was young and it was the way she described it that i just was like this this is exact I could tell she had been working on some recovery, you know. So I found this meeting on Saturday nights. It's the um farmer's market meeting in um in the grove at the grove, and it starts at seven o'clock. And it was a big meeting. I mean, it was like 20, 25 people, and um <laughs> I was so Miserable when I went into this meeting because, as it was a larger meeting, it was also at seven p.m. on a Saturday night. And who wants to go to an ACA meeting at seven p.m. on a Saturday night? But um, it was a red book study, and the red book study. I remember the first time that we would we would read for we read for ten minutes and then we pass it around, and um, I remember hearing people cry. And 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 um, and 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 I it, I wasn't here nor there about it because I was still pissed off that I had to be at a meeting at seven o'clock on a Saturday night, and it was just kind of the best meeting that I found so far. So um, I remember the first time that I heard something in the reading that was like, when I cried, and it was um, what happened to you, at a at, when you were a child when you were a child. <laughs> Was not your fault, and as I heard in AA, when I read a certain point in the book, there's these like moments that, you know, you have a disease. You know, like when you're in, I have a disease of of alcoholism. This was the first time that I read something that I was like, all of these things. I was just being a kid when I walked down the hall to go to my room and my father didn't like the way that I was walking he would comment on it when I was being too loud he would comment on it when I was being too quiet i was called weird you know and it was the first time that i had heard that and it was it it was great but it was also too it was like fuck you know why would they ever do that to me you know so um it brought up some like major emotion emotions again to my family and um I kept going back because I did the six meetings you know like go to the six meetings and you start to see the change and there's a reason why we say all this stuff and all this stuff is done I started I started listening to um it's Dr Jan wait she's one of the writers of the book of the ACA book I listened to some of her stuff on YouTube and i love her delivery and i like the way that she feels about us you know and um she she thinks very highly of 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 people who have been ripped apart as children and are still able to function as adults and 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 i have to tell you even in the midst of all of you know when i go through the traits you know um i'm about 13 of them and take out, take out about I am. And for the longest time, I was that guy that could, you know, I had to plan all the parties, I had to plan all the friend groups, I had to plan everything. And if things didn't go my way in planning those things, then I would get angry because what it actually was is me being trying to control all the situations and control everything so that it would go my way so that it was safe. You know, so in reading the book, all of this stuff starts to come to light, you know, and I continue to go to this meeting and I found a sponsor there and his name was Max. And, um, Max, I needed to have a one-on-one sponsor because I just, I just felt more comfortable with what I was with what I was sharing. And, um, we would meet and we would get loud and we would meet in that room and we would get loud. And, and, um, often it was crying and often it was laughing, you know, because he had a similar background and, um, you know, there were times that, um, they would come out of the office and yell at us for being too loud in that room. (laughs) And, and, um, I'll never forget that because it's like, it's things like that, that I look back on it and then I'll run into him. He's not my sponsor anymore, but he's, he's a great fellow traveler. And, 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 um, I'll run into him and like, we'll share about those things. And, and, um, one of the major differences for me of what really changed it, my life and, and ACA is is when you start to do the family tree and so I um this was about must have been about nine months because my father had been texting me in a different way at this point um he was no longer like a, a, aggressive but he was more like, hey how how are you doing you know his his vibe had changed and so I needed to speak to him anyway, because I was working on the family tree. So I called him and and um, started asking him questions about my, you know, that whole side of the family, my dad's side. And oh my God, if it didn't like enlighten me so much, but then not surprise me as my father started telling me stories about how he grew up, how his father was, how my grandfather when he would get money, my dad had to take it from him because he couldn't keep money in his pocket, you know? So, and, 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 and just the way that his, his, you know, my grandfather was, was, it's not a surprise. And my great grandparents made wine in the basement and they smelled of liquor all day. We hated going over there as kids because they reeked of liquor. They were German, you know? So his, he broke it down and he told me stories and um, I'd never heard or had that sort of relationship with my father. It was always such topical. He would tell me dad jokes and stuff like that. And, and, and I and I developed a relationship with my father that he would get through the dad jokes and then we would talk, he would tell me more stories. And um, and I did the same thing with my mom. And it's not a surprise. Um, they're all alcoholics as well and my mother would then tell me stories about how her mother would chase her around with knives and how they would be sitting at a table and if my mother said one wrong word my grandmother would just smack her across the face and knock her to the floor so you hear these you hear these things about your your parents and you start to realize that not that they should be forgiven for what they have done to you but you see why they were not well equipped as well equipped as they could be to raise C. you know so that was really helpful for me you know, that was really, really helpful. And even now I'll speak to my mom and she'll just go into stories of like, you know, and not just the bad stuff, but just other stuff too, you know, we've progressed. And so, you know, it, 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 um, that was the start of it. And then, you know, and then you start to realize too, what was really hard for me before working the steps. And I've worked them a few times now, you know, I did the yellow book afterwards, um a couple times and with a group because it's also really fun to do it as a group because it keeps you moving along you don't get stuck on that step you know because I realize you don't have to work every single one perfectly this is something that I get to do the rest of my life so I've done it a few times and the first time you know I I got to the point where it's like you start to separate your emotions and feelings and I remember when I would get into a fight in a relationship or, or just a friendship or just anything, it always took me so long to, t- to get my thought or feeling out because it was all just to get, it was all jumbled together. There wasn't just one, like I'm pissed at you, you know, like you're, you, you know, it wasn't just one, but it was everything. So in working the steps and, and, um, you know, developing the tools, you realize Oh, I'm just pissed or, you know, I just you did this wrong and uh, you know, a spade is a spade, you know? So then it also branches out in relationships too where it's like when I when somebody's not the one for me or if you know, it used to be like oh, they're not the one but still that's okay. Now it's like you realize that what what I want is what I want and it's like it doesn't have to be a big meltdown in order to get it. It's just what I want. So you learn some grace. I've learned grace to say yes, I've learned grace to say no, I don't need to be the one that's in everybody else's business anymore. And also there's something else too. I learned to let myself off the hook and forgive myself. Before I start, like there was one big, um, amends that I needed to make. It was a financial one. It was kind of like the ends of all the amends, but that's it, you know? And the big one on top was to forgive myself and just let myself have fun and like, take it easy. And, and, um, you know, uh, I stuck, I've stuck around in ACA, you know, my life is completely changed. I have, um, I'm back in school. I own a business. Um, I decided to go back to school. Um, I wanted to learn about accounting. Careful what you wish for. Um, And I've done some hard things in my life, but this accounting class is, was crazy. But however, I made it through and I, and I, and I did it. Um, And, and why I say this is because I don't necessarily, I, I think that if I dropped out of ACA, I think it would be OK for a while. But I'm not willing to take that chance, number one, because of of, of how great it is. But there's also something else, too. And this has probably been carried over from me from AA is, is that I will instantly have a conversation with somebody, even outside of these rooms, and will be able to tell that they're like a brother or sister in ACA and um that is really like comforting to me and I have I've had some friends come in and out of ACA and they always make it back which is which is great but I just I for myself I don't want to chance it like I have seen so many amazing things from from ACA um I still go to the Saturday night. I love it. It's actually grown bigger. Um, and then I also realized that there's after the meeting that you can still do something on a Saturday night as well. So it's only an hour and a half meeting. So, um, as there's 24 hours in a day, my relationships, I, I just they're just different. I am, my mother is a perfect, a prime example. You know, she is, she's lovely, but our, our relationship is, is exactly where it should be. It's exactly where it should be. Um, you know, since we lost my father in April, it's, been very very hard for her because they were together for 41 years and and up and beyond everything else it's 41 years you know and um I don't try to change her I let her be her I just you know our relationship just has its boundaries when my father died and left this planet I was able to get up and give a eulogy and honestly, honestly, give stories that were of love and and things that I knew about him that I never had before. So I was honestly able to give him, you know, some love. He was a hard man to love. and even my brothers didn't know a lot because, you know, he was just the way he was, but I because of ACA, I knew things that they didn't know. I got, you know, I got to hear stories that nobody else knew and um, that feels really good. You know, it feels really good. And another thing too, is, is that I got to lead it in the direction of, of say, everyone saying goodbye to my father. That should, should be, you know, like it was my, my brothers needed some help with that too, you know? Um, Yeah. I forgave him. I've forgiven my mom. I really have. I don't feel the same way that I did before. And and I really do mean this when I say this. I will look back on this time now. Not the same as I look back on my childhood. And the only reason being is, I mean, I can't change my childhood. It was the way that it it was the way that it was. But this is another childhood. You know, this is another phase in my life. And um, my inner child, you know, music's my thing. Uh, I'll end with this. Um, Music's my thing. Music, even as a kid, was what I fantasized about. I had my favorite bands. Depeche Mode was my favorite band. And I created this whole scenario of who the band members were, who they dated, what they did. None of it come to find out is true, you know, as I, as I found out later, but because I needed that as a kid, I created it and it, and it saved me. It really did. Um, still my favorite band. I accept them for who they are now, but music to me is one of my favorite things to do. All kinds of music. I always have music on and, but something happened today that I thought was really beautiful. I have music on for different reasons now. I don't have music on to escape. I have music on because I really like music. And it's 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 my toys, you know. Music is my toys. I and I don't really care about playing an instrument, but just playing music, and and music is is one of the most beautiful things. And I was actually driving in the car and I had no music on. And that was the realization I had. I was like, oh, this is nice too, <laughs> you know, but like. Music is just a beautiful thing. So whatever it is that you find the joy and the fun, find it and 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 utilize it because it's, it's really is there for us. And, um, you know, we, I just love you guys. I really, really do. I think my time is probably I'm probably coming up on 45 minutes. So I just, I just want to say that I, appreciate the love so much i have regular conversations with a lot of people in aca and i just appreciate you guys so much and um uh i just thank you for accepting me for for all of it and um i i look forward to hearing from you guys thank you